This episode of How Was Your Run Today was recorded before a live studio audience here in the WGBH studios in the Boston Public Library, which is just steps from the finish line of the marathon, the Boston Marathon. And now, here's the show. Uh, thank you, Marathon George. Yes, Brian, we are at the Boston Public Library here at the WGBH Un- studio. Under heavy construction right now. I yeah. think they're taking the entire roof off of the library. It's to put our crazy. T- to put the 20-foot billboard with our faces on it. Electronic billboard, our, I hope. Our sweaty faces. I hope so. Because we're sweating from our run that we didn't do yet today because neither of us ran today. Well, today, finally, uh, there would be icicles coming off of our face because it's actually below freezing today. Brisk. It's brisk. It's beautiful, though. It's an appropriate February day. As as I said to you earlier, I will take 25 and sunny any time in, you know, December, January, or February. I agree with you 100%. Can I talk about quickly something from last week's show? Absolutely. So we started a new segment last week uh, that was extremely popular. Brian, at least I think two people. I think it was three. I, ha- yeah. I had I had somebody reach out uh, personally to yeah. me. Okay, so two by sort of electronic device and yeah. one maybe personally to you. Like the new segment. That's we a had. smash hit. No, for us. For us, it's crazy. And uh, of course, it was. Uh, let's go to the movies. Now, you remember we talked about a couple things. Do we only go to silent features? <laughs> yeah. Yes, in the, in the 20s and 30s. That's, we, that's our that's favorite movie did. house. That's what we did. Um, my grandmother used to do the live piano for uh She used to films. play it? Yeah, in theaters, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Here in, uh, here in greater Boston area, Dorchester, no Roxbury, yeah. I would love to actually go to one where they have a live piano. I know they, they do they these do once yeah, in a while, a but uh, I need to do that. But I bring all this up because yes. we a uh, friend of the show, uh, Lori Richmond, who you know as View From My Run. The View From My Run. New York City at its finest. She reached out and said how much she enjoyed the segment, but that she had a couple things she wanted to add to our review of Brittany Runs a Marathon. So if you would, Brian, Mm -hmm. yes, let's go to the phones. today with the great Lori Richmond of View From My Run uh, to get her take on uh, Brittany Runs a Marathon that we mentioned last time. What what did you want to say to us? Yeah, so I was I was listening to that episode um, last week when I was doing my long run, and I was really excited to hear you guys talk about it because, of course, like anything that comes out about running in New York City, because as we know, Brittany Runs a Marathon takes place in New York City. 
and it's about her running the New York City Marathon. So that's going to light my fire, get me super excited. So I was really excited to hear you guys talk about it. And there were a couple of things um, that you were mentioning in your discussion that you were like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Like, I think they filmed it there. Like, maybe they did. And I was out loud in in my Prospect Park run saying, yes, they, yes, they did do that. Yes, they did. You know, or no, they didn't do that. So I was like, I got to talk to the guys and kind of set the record straight about okay. some of the things yeah. that you that you talked about. So first, let me say, I have nothing to do with the creation of this movie None of my information is, like, authorized or official. It's just stuff that I read in articles about the movie. I watched a lot of interviews with um, the real Brittany, Brittany O'Neill, who's who's the, the character is based on, and the director and stuff. This Wait, is just this, information. Is, this is a ripped from, from the headlines movie? This is a uh, based in real life movie? Yes. Brittany is a the Brittany in the movie is based on a real Brittany who lives in New York and I think it the uh, the writer was her like best friend and so he watched her go through this you know metamorphosis of her life in training for the marathon and wrote the movie based on what really happened to her you know of course like some artistic license for storytelling purposes but I thought that was really fascinating and interesting so I was like oh she's a local you know, a local person, and so I wanted to learn a lot about how they made the movie and, you know, where they filmed and was it real and all of that. So, yes, they did actually film the running scenes during the marathon at the New York City Marathon, and I do think it is the 2017 one when Shalane won. All that footage, like, from the start village and the spectators lining the streets and stuff and, like, when she was running on the course, that... Most of that was real footage from the marathon and like super fun for, you know, New Yorkers or people that have run the New York City Marathon before because there was a lot of details, say like when she was in the start village and everyone is wearing those like pink and orange Dunkin' Donuts felt hats, that's Mm -hmm. like a, a detail that's like so iconic for anyone who, you know, who has run. Um, sure, New York City, sure. so that was like really fun to see. But all that was was real. Apparently, though, the film crew, I guess they had to get permission from New York Roadrunners in order to film in the race. And New York Runner, Roadrunners, I guess, like rolled out the red carpet for them and and you know made sure that they had access to whatever they needed. But I guess the film people like wanted to have a certain number of crew, but they weren't allowed to, so they had to work with like a very pared down version of the crew so there was an article that i read that they talked about how like the actress did run parts of the course to get you know the film or the b-roll or whatever they needed but then i guess she had to like you know run into a bodega that had a bathroom to like change her clothes because they had like different amounts of sweat on all the different versions of her clothing (laughs) sure yeah so they had yeah so they had to kind of like you know make it look like she was you know actually running the whole thing and i did read too that one i guess they did have to get some additional footage that they filmed in brooklyn on a on a different day to like mimic Mm -hmm. her you know being in the race but one one great story that I, I loved that I read in a few articles was that in the part where she's, um, th- there's no spoilers here, but in the part where she's really struggling on the course and they were trying to film the, the shot, real runners who didn't know that she was an actress were coming over to help her and tell her, like, you got this, like, 
we'll do, you know, we'll help you. And, you know, people oh, wow. jumped in as marathoners yeah. do, you know, to help as them when struggling. And I was like, oh, my God, that's, that's so awesome. But the director, you know, his quote was something like, you know, we loved it. We loved that. But then we were like, get out of our shot. You know, we have to, <laughs> you know, we have such a limited time to do this. So I thought that was like a really, you know, a fun, like fun little detail. And then another thing in, in the movie that, that really like jumped out to me that maybe you wouldn't know um, if you hadn't run before. Again, this is not a spoiler, but there's like that map graphic that shows her like where she is on the course. Yeah, on the course, yeah. That Yeah, like that's a video from New York Roadrunners that they play at the expo. You know how you can go like the course strategy sessions and stuff like that? And they have mm-hmm, all these like sure. cool graphics and, and animations of the course and stuff. And it looks like they use that and, you know, like edited you know, some additional graphics and stuff on top of it. But I was like, oh, my God, that's, you know, that's where they got that from. So, you know, when you think about how they made, you know, it's an indie film that they made on a budget. But like you guys said, I mean, the production quality was pretty amazing. And there's no way that probably that they could have staged any of this stuff otherwise. No, except for, the, except for the sequence where you're sort of in her head and, and it's sort of just her by herself in that sort of closed off course that's something they could have mimicked as long as they had the banners and yeah the, and, the... and that that could be that additional footage um right that that i think was done in brooklyn that they said on on some different day so that's that's certainly possible for that i mean it's a love letter to that marathon in a way definitely and the one thing that i was disappointed though that was not in there was the blue ponchos that we get at the end because there's like so many iconic photos of of new york city marathoners like you know, walking down the side of Central oh, sure. Park after the race sure. with, with the blue ponchos. And so yeah. just seeing her with, like, the heat sheet, I was like, wait a minute, where's the poncho? But then you only get the poncho if you don't do the bag check. So maybe she did the bag check. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Brian, yeah. do you have any questions for Lori? Because she she's clearly boots on the ground um, <laughs> uh, reviewer. In fact, can we can we – commission you to do review from my run could that be something that you do going forward from? oh oh that's a good idea review from my run i love it you yeah. re- i'll just review, review like all... random things oh i thought it was all running films based in new york city i thought that's what her review i don't i'm was. not you know laurie but it is, could be open-ended it could she's a world published author now so i don't mm-hmm. know why we would limit to her to just the tri-state area let's get her out there but I do have a recommend a New York recommendation for your movie for your movie reviews. Have you seen is, um yeah. Run for Your Life? The no, documentary about Fred LeBeau? No. Oh my gosh, you guys. You can watch it on YouTube for free. Okay. You don't have to download it through any fancy service. It's called Run for Your Life and it's a documentary about his um Fred LeBeau's life and he's um one of the or he's the like founder of the New York City Marathon and it's really, really um, kind of like a character study on him, but it's so much about the race itself, too, and how it came to be and, you know, like hmm. influence other road races around the world and stuff. And it's really, really good. I always love to watch that kind of the week before the New York City Marathon because it just, like, gets you right in the feels. But I highly, highly recommend that one. All right, let me ask you, is that your favorite running movie? I don't know if I have a favorite running movie, but I'm going to say it's my top, probably my top three. What else rounds if, out that top three? I really like The Spirit of the Marathon, number one and number two. Number one follows four runners who are training for Chicago. 
and that's another um, documentary. One of them is named Lori, spelled the same way. So, and she has curly hair too, so that's kind of awesome. But that it's not, one really it's not you, though, right? <laughs> it's not me. It's not me. Okay, okay. But it does a great job showing four completely different types of runners in completely different types of circumstances with completely different, you know, reasons why they're running and follows them in their journey. And um, I love that. And then Spirit of the Marathon 2 is very similar, except it's the Rome Marathon, um, which is kind of cool because I didn't really know much about the Rome Marathon, but um, it's really cool to kind of see how it meanders through that city um, with, like, there's so many tiny, small cobblestone streets in Rome, and all I kept thinking is, like, oh, my God, how are they running on these cobblestones and not wiping mm-hmm. out? Um, and then I would say the other one I really like, uh, hat tip to you guys, is the Boston documentary. I hope you've seen that one. The one where Matt, I think Matt Damon is the narrator. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's from a few years ago. That's pretty good. Yeah, I really like that one, too. I was hoping you were going to say run Millinocket, but I guess that's not necessary. No, that's she fine. Was, she was never going to say that, dude. It's fine. She was never. No. She was never yeah, going to say that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She probably hasn't watched it yet, so that's cool. Many people haven't. <laughs> well, see, now that's why we need to have a pajama party with with popcorn and electrolyte drinks. And we can all watch all these movies. Just binge watch all the movies back to back. Okay, everybody, we're going to Lori's house. Yeah, yeah. you heard it. Hi, she's she's let's go. open Pile invitation to the Brooklyn apartment. Come on, open invitation. Exactly. Can Can I have the new New Hampshire kitten sit in my lap? Yeah. Well, yeah. She'll stay there. She's very, very curious, so she doesn't stop moving very often. What's the kitten's name? Mona. What's funny is Peter is a cat dad and enjoys cat videos and cat Instagram things. And I I look at none of this. But your cat, I'm completely enchanted by, and it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. Oh, thanks. I don't even like cats. I was, like, bamboozled by my family into doing this. And I think my my 15-year marriage has been, like, a long con to get to this point where I finally relented and said yes. So mm-hmm. I love our kitten. Um, she's only been with us just about a month, and it's been a real transition for me because um, kittens I did not know are like cracked out Spider-Man toddlers. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was oh, not yeah. prepared for that. So that's been very overwhelming for me. But she is very sweet, very playful, loves being handled, loves being pet. Um, she's just, you know, like all kittens I've learned, have these like wild times of day. And that's just been very hard for me to get used to. Might it be possible you'll start a secondary Instagram feed called View from Mona's Day? I mean, many people have asked me if Mona is going to have her own Instagram. But like, unless I hire a social media manager for her, I just can't do it because... Already, I'm like, does she have enough enriching activities, you know, to do while we're not home? Is she happy with her heated bed? Like, am I giving her the right food? Is she adapting to our schedule? It's like, it's so overwhelming. I'm like, I cannot take on social media for her. So for now, she has to share my Instagram story. Could could it could it be possible <laughs> that her paw print will somehow find its way into a view from my run? That is possible. I have not been able to draw at home, 
since getting her because she's all over our business. I mean, she she really she's very dog like. I mean, she follows us mm-hmm. around. She you know she yeah. wants to do everything that we're doing. So I was actually working on a view from my run piece yesterday at the studio, and I was like, oh, this is so glorious. Like I'm not you know trying to get the four month old kitten off of me constantly. But um, funny you mentioned paw prints because I just came home to have lunch and to talk to you guys. And I found a little crime scene in my apartment. She must have, like, shredded up some tissues that we had in a tissue box and gotten, you know, like, the kind of the little fibers from the from the tissue on her paws because on top of our bookcase, I found little paw prints everywhere that have this, like, you know, tissue um, kind of residue dust all over it. So well, I how dare you husband. keep tissues in a box? That's outrageous. Yeah, why you free those I things? Mean, yeah, everything lock, everything lock them up in has a to be in a bin now. Yeah, everything is in a bin. We live out of plastic bins. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to put in a bid that Brian and I are the first guests on the Lori and Mona's podcasts that you're going to do. Oh right my here. gosh, yes! So and actually, this up. is going to be Mona's official first media appearance. Nice. Even is though she, she's not technically like visually appearing, we're talking about she her. Right there? So I'm going to put this. In her media reel, she's in the other room. I locked her out of the room, oh, <laughs> so okay, I can talk good. to you. That's, 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 I, what I Brian, also, that's what Brian did to me for this phone call. That's oh, right. He's out oh, of the room. I well, also love. You can shred shred Brian's tissues when he's not looking. No, I keep those in plastic bins. Um, what I'd like to know is when you're going to take Mona for a run around New York. That's a good question. She is an indoor only kitty. Good call. Yeah, but there's got to be there's got to be a kitty car- running carrier like a Bjorn. Well, there are those backpacks like Taylor Swift mm-hmm. has one that has a little like bubble window in it. Um, and I was all about that, but my husband shamed me and said that no, we can't get that. But once she's up to date on her vaccines, she's still getting um, her vaccines. I might just go ahead and buy the bubble backpack anyway. Um, and see if she would possibly take a walk in there. I don't I know. I love it. She's been really, she's can, been really good in her carrier, so she might like just it. Teach her how to operate the GoPro, and I think you have a winner right there. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, the documentary. Exactly. Yeah, that documentary is going to be called Run Mona Run, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Lori Richmond, thank you so much for keeping us up to date with your reviews. We hope to hear from you again soon. Yeah, thanks. This was super fun. Um, Good last-minute little interlude in my day. It's always great to talk to you guys. Okay, so since that phone conversation, and thanks so much to Lori for speaking to us, uh, I have now uh, gone down a social media wormhole of just loving Mona on all (laughs) social media. Uh, Mona is redefining my life. Um, she might be better than the so-called baby Yoda, the Mona. Mona Yona? Yoda? Mona Yona? Yoda, Mona Yoda, Yoda. Yoda Mona? I know nothing about the baby Yoda. I only know Mona. All you need to know is Mona. There. I haven't Disney Plus. That's all I have to say you, about that. You come over to my house. I'll show you some. Okay. Uh, now, we are about to be joined by uh, Chief Running Officer of Great Runs. The Mr. Great Runs. The Great Runs.com, Mark Lowenstein. Uh, he's going to talk about some unique places uh, in this country and around the world to go for runs. And we're going to get a little update on his now famous streak of working out. So let's go talk to Mark Lowenstein.
of greatruns.com. Brian, we're uh, joined by the chief running officer of Great Runs, Mr. Mark Lowenstein. Mark, I believe you're a three-peat guest right now. Is this your third time on the yeah, show? Yeah, honored to be here. Thanks for having me on again. Well, thanks for being here. How's the run streak, Mark? Or the act? Sorry, the activity streak. The activity streak is still going. Yes. Uh, we hit uh, 2,000 days on December 5th, so that was a, a good milestone. The one thing that's interesting about the numbers is, like, as you hit those numbers, like to get to the next one, like 2,500, mm-hmm. you realize that's that's a whole like year plus. <laughs> so right. uh, that's sort of interesting about the math. But yeah, no, still still going, uh, feeling good. Yeah. And. Um, and, and can you know, keep at it as long as I feel good well, I, and healthy. I have, I have a question about that because, um, and I think we'll, we'll link to the article um, that was about your run streak that, that uh, you shared with us. Now, I don't want to presage anything here, but when you, if, have you thought about stopping it? Like, is the pressure to continue really intense, or is it so ingrained now in your lifestyle to do, you know, 45 minutes or an hour of activity every day that... Yeah. It's you don't even really think about it. Well, it's sort of ingrained. I mean, it's still something I have to think about every day because there's some some days where it might be a bit more of a challenge just to sort of get it in, depending on things that happen during the day, particularly those things that are outside of my control. Mm-hmm. That's the toughest thing. Like I had a, a flying, uh, you know, a travel related challenge last Sunday that required, you know, a, a unique way to try to fit it in. Well, tell uh, us about it. Where were you? <laughs> just, you know. Early, super early morning flight, so you couldn't do something before. It's like a 4:30 wake up just to get the flight. Then an all day flight that was delayed. You know, getting in, finally getting in at like 10 or 10:15 to the destination. So all right, I got an hour. It's dark out. Um, you know, in the mountains of British Columbia, what do I do? You know, so it, then you have to sort of get creative. Like you have to, you know, do. Uh, you know, like a in in room, you know, uh, CrossFit sort okay. of modified exercise. So you know, that's the sort of thing that on a on a day where I didn't, if I didn't have the streak, probably mm-hmm. it would have been a day I would I would have skipped, even right. if I had the objective of sure. generally sure. doing something every day. So that's sort of the the unique aspect of it. But you no, know, I do plan to keep going as long as I feel healthy and not get injured. If it starts to really affect me in some way, like mm-hmm. you know, having an injury that I'm exacerbating by doing it. Well, what uh, it- so. What I really appreciate about two things, one is that you mix it up. You're not solely committed just to running every day, say, yes. for an hour. It's, yes. It's some sort of cardio activity, and the, which I think is probably helping you with injury prevention Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. And the other is you don't run on a treadmill. No, because ever, never. Because for a lot of people, that would just be a go-to, especially in the winter or bad weather, or if you're in a hotel, yeah. right in a city, and, a, and you can't go outside for whatever reason. Yeah, I won't do a treadmill. I'll do other gym equipment. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll like do the elliptical, elliptical, the yeah. rower, Stairmaster, but the, the treadmill, for some reason, I've just never been able to do the treadmill. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just find it intensely boring. Awful. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. But, you know, doing a rowing machine or an erg for 45 minutes and doing a treadmill for 45 minutes, there's a real similarity there. I know. I know. It is funny. Um, Although the thing with running, though, is that, you know, 95% of the days you you can run outside. You you, you can go outside unless you're unless it's super dangerous because it's icy or you're in an area where 
like it's dark and there's no shoulder on the yeah. road or something. So occasionally you find yourself in those situations, but or, but invariably you can almost always run outside. Mm-hmm. So I tell you know, and I'll, I will run year round. Uh, the cold doesn't really bother me too much. I'll, I'll only not run if it's icy. Sure. Right. But you do make a really strong point in the article to say though that in the 2000 plus days, you never were really trying to run a marathon. You never were doing that kind of deep training. Right, where right. Someone over 40, 45, 50 might run into a nagging injury or something where time off is vital yep. uh, to heal. So I think you're very wise in your, your sort of targeting. Uh, do you see yourself approaching the next 2,000 days, 3,000 days the same <laughs> way? Or are there things that you are trying to get to eventually for yourself? There are races you want to do or accomplishments you want to try to hit. Yeah, um... I'm going to approach it similarly. I mean, I, I have done, you know, half, a, f- a few half marathons during the time, and that'll definitely be, the, you know, the day after that as a way of recovering. I have to do a, a fairly different type of activity so I, I don't have run the risk of, of, of an injury or something like that. So I'll do something like swimming, which is much easier on the body. Um, so so I, the thought process is, is, is like that. Um, but... but uh, you know, there there might be situations where I might not p- push myself 110% in the same way that somebody who's like trying to do a PR for mm-hmm. a 10K or something like that, because I am a bit attentive. Or I'll tell you another interesting example on the on the other side, which is um, some activities that I do that aren't even really part of the streak. Like I was skiing for a number of days in British Columbia, and uh, we had a great time. The snow was good, but on, on the last day. It started to rain and the snow got like really, I don't know if you're skiers, but the snow got really heavy and like what they call mashed potato snow, the sure. sort of snow that if you're skiing and then all of a sudden you sort of can turn the wrong way and you sort of the ski can get stuck. Mm-hmm. And th- it was the kind of snow that can cause injuries. Like oh, this sure, is, you can, sure. so I was saying, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be a little cautious. I, I skied three runs. I said, this is just not that safe. It has a higher, you know, fairly high risk of something happening. And I was thinking, about okay, the, the risk of the injury ha- impacts this streak. So mm-hmm. there's a bit of a thinking around that. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I think that's wise though because who who wants to get injured and then have to go through recovery? So right, right. The the fact that you, you have the streak, I think, is only making you more attentive to that. Yeah. So the, 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 you hear the, the expression like uh, uh, season ending uh, season ending injury, <laughs> the streak ending ending uh, injury. So yeah. <laughs> Before we get into some of the unique runs that you brought us today, um, Brian, is it okay if we strap on the feedback for a second? Of course. Strap on your feedback. Come and get it. So Mark, when we met uh, last month, uh, uh, as we often do for coffee, because you and I hang out close to weekly. Not true. But it was the first time we got together sort of socially outside yeah. of the show. And it was right around the holidays. And you were very nice. Your wife had made fresh granola. Homemade granola. She did. And you were very kind. And you gave both uh, Brian and myself a little token granola. Actually, quite a lot. Uh, how much would you say we got? I don't know, a couple of cups. A couple of it cups. It's great. I got, you have to know, I've never had granola before in my life. I've had... Really? Well, I've had like Nature Valley granola bars, but I've never had fresh granola ever. 
I, so I brought it to the office. I had to. I shared it with Brian. I said, Brian, how do I consume this? <laughs> I know, what do, so what should I do with it? Because I was very embarrassed to ask you because <laughs> you were the gift giver, and, and I, was, I, I didn't want to look a gift granola in the mouth. Yeah, and as I said so. to you, I, I think I, I mean, there's I think entire years of my life where I've I've existed only on granola, especially so for breakfast. I said, do I do this straight? Do I put milk on this? And you, your advice was for a first timer, throw it on some yogurt, yeah. see how you do. So now. I'm addicted to granola on yogurt. Like this ah. is amazing. It changes the it t- totally. Yeah. So thank you very much. You're and, very welcome. Um, good. Do you live off granola in general? Uh, I don't live off it. We have it around the house quite a bit because because Jen makes it in in uh, big batches. Yes. Um, and it's a uh, it's a gift. You know, it's a bit of a popular gift item for us. Absolutely, I, I sort of yeah. do, have been doing it a couple of years in a row for. Um, Sort of like friends of great runs, we send out. You know, I've got a few freelancers who've done the content, and some other folks who've contributed content, and I'll just sort of mail out. Some people send fruit baskets or whatever. We send a little, and it's you know, granola is a fairly uh, good item to to mail to somebody. Sure. It's, oh, sure. Yeah, it yeah. Preserves yeah. well. It's not too bulky. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. No. Well, I can say without hyperbole, it's the best granola I've ever had in my life. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Without without a doubt. Without a doubt. It's in the top ten. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, top three. Uh, top top five. Yeah. So. <laughs> Peter, maybe maybe we should have a new segment of common everyday things that Peter has never done. Yep, that's up there. <laughs> that's in there. So thank you, Mark. Yeah. But tell us more about, uh, you You brought us a, a list of some places that maybe are off the beaten path. Yeah. Uh, uh, destination runs that are, as you call them, unique, uh, both in this country and around the world. Do you, do you want to, what's your number one? What's your go-to? Well, I don't know if there's, there's a go-to, but I, I should explain a little bit about how this category gets tagged and Please, the, the, yeah. a little of the background around that. So, you know, as you know, Great Runs, we're a guide to, you know, we, we have running guides to hundreds, thousands of cities around the world now. And so what we do in, in a lot of our routes, if you'll, you'll see, we sort of have a way of tagging them. So, you know, it's hilly or it's along the water, or it's by the beach or it's got, you know, passes historic sites. But in doing the research and in doing a lot of these runs, we sort of say, well, this is something that's a really unique or one-of-a-kind run. It's something you wouldn't be able to do any, anywhere else. Not just what, you, what you're seeing, but you know, something that, 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 that's a unique aspect. So we, we added a category called unique, and so we just sort of tag it. So you can actually go to the site and click on the word on the category unique, and it'll call up all of the routes that we have very subjectively sure. designated <laughs> as uh, unique or, or one-of-a-kind. Um, you know, it's sort of fun because, you know, runners can add this to the to their bucket list. You know, if I want to run along the longest continuous sidewalk in the United States, you know, then Galveston. Then, well, the, the, the funny the fun thing about that, that's funny. It is Galveston. But if you look up longest continuous sidewalk. Yeah. Two places come up that sort of have boasting rights to, to that claim. So one is in Galveston and the other is in Tampa. They, oh, both Tampa, right, came, right. they both claim the longest continuous sidewalk, and I haven't been able to actually resolve which one, so I'm sort of just giving it to both of them. Well, have and they're both runnable spots. So, um, And have you personally run both? I have run the one in Tampa, okay. not Galveston. I've never been to Galveston. They're both coastal, though. Is that right? Both coastal, both yep. along the water. Yep. Yeah. The same body of water, yep. Brian. I don't know if you know your geography. <laughs> just from two different sides. And then there's the longest continuous seawall um, mm-hmm. In the world, which is um, the wa- longest continuous waterfront run in the world, which is in Vancouver, mm-hmm. it's the yeah. seawall that goes for 17 miles. Have, have you done that? No, I would love to do it. I've never yeah. been to Vancouver, and I'd love to go. Vancou- great running city, best yes. in best in summer. It just yes. rains. It rained 30 out of 31 days in January oh this year. Goodness. So, so how wide is the seawall? Because I imagine a seawall as something that's 
um, you know, either either made out of giant boulders or made out of uh, cement blocks, but not something that you could, you know, really. No, it's more actually of a scramble. It, than it's, a run. it's not a seawall that we think of in the way we think about it in Massachusetts. There's not an actual actual barrier or wall. Um, it's just a, a a path or road along the water called the seawall. Okay. Oh, so it's not really functional other than right. a place to there walk. There are a few sections where there is something that looks like a seawall, but not, not the whole way, but they just call it the seawall anyway. Okay, so more like some of those coastal uh, running or walking routes in the UK, um, where you're going along the dune, where you're going along sea cliffs and, or something yeah, or like, like a, that. Yeah, like a, it's a waterfront path. It's, un- yeah. it's sort of like the path in Boston that goes, you know, in South Boston mm-hmm. around Castle Island sure. okay. to the JFK Museum. Sure. But this one just goes on for 17 miles uninterrupted. That's a, that's a wow. good run. Yeah, I would do yeah. that. Yeah. So talk about long runs along the water. I was intrigued by the Key West run, which connects yes. all of the keys, which the, the photo and the description sort of sounded like another version of the longest sidewalk <laughs> yes yeah so this one could be uh, you know for the first like couple of miles of it it's scenic and interesting and then it's like because you're out in the middle of the and ocean, then it's like right? super boring so right. the history of it is that uh like a hundred years ago uh they the, this guy flagler uh who was responsible for developing a lot of south florida built crazy thing a railroad uh that went all the way to key west um it's 106 miles or something like that between Miami and Key West. And he built a railroad. And then I think in the 50s or something like that, the railroad was taken out of commission. Mm-hmm. And then over time, they converted. You see, you can drive, you know, so there's a road now that you can drive on, on sort of one part of it. And then the other part of it, they converted into um, a path that people can walk or bike. So, and the, it, so there's no cars on a lot of this. Right, so it's okay. separated oh, from it cars. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so there's one parallel, part of it. runs parallel to the road. Yeah, uh, yeah, in the ocean. Yeah, I've never been to the to the Keys. Oh, okay. Really, so, so when I you're driving, if you just drive down from like say Key Largo to Key West, you're on this thing for long stretches of, mm-hmm. of ocean essentially, and you're looking over to the right or the left, depending on your orientation, which way you're going, and you're seeing another road that was clearly not a road, but it was clearly a train trestle yeah. type thing yeah. that's been converted to. A path yeah. that's wide enough for a car, though, or a train. Yes. Yeah. But um, and you look at it, and it's very scenic. But then it, it, it's exactly the same scenery for 106 miles. Yeah, you got to really and like it. The, and yeah. then there's the okay. water on either side, yeah. and it's also you know it's hot down there, and so it's really exposed. I mean, like windy and hot. Okay. So it's it, it ends up becoming. You know, it's it's not like this bucolic. It's, it so, becomes a bit of an endurance test after a while. So maybe better for, <laughs> after may, five minutes. Maybe better for Instagram than the actual yeah, yeah, experience. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's one of those. Uh, well, hey, look, this is why I'm asking. Uh, another. Well, okay. So another one right in there. Talk about hot and exposed is the Badwater Flats in Death Valley. Yes. I, now I know that there's a, a super long ultra marathon down there. And but I I did not imagine that people could actually be allowed just to go <laughs> to Death Valley and run around. I don't oh, know. Like not for during, some reason, just <laughs> on your own. Right, there'd be like a a blockade. Say you're probably going to die. Don't do this. Yes, um, but I guess that's not the case. So it's right off the road. There's this little area called um, Badwater Flats, and it's like these hardened. It's like a hardened salt march marsh that you can walk along. It's actually challenging to run on just because of the surface is very sort of. Uh, Lumpy, okay, and uneven. But is, is it, it is it firm? It's firm. 
but it's just it's firm, it's but just but just it's it's like running like of, like imagine like running on like quartz or something. It's just mm-hmm. uh, it's just uneven and 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 rough. Sure. Um, Would it hurt if I fall down on it? Yes, okay. you wouldn't want you wouldn't want to scrape your knee on it. Okay, it's sort of almost like running. Have you ever had run on cobblestones? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, it's a bit like that. So okay. it's challenging on the on the knees a little bit, uh, but it is fun to do for a mile or two just because okay. it's. I mean, the views in Death Valley are incredible. Really? Uh, oh, Death Valley National Park is amazing. I've um, never been there. What what yeah. what makes it amazing? I only well, think of of unimaginable there are these heat. Saltwater flats. There are these mountains all around. Uh, there's also this these um, in part of it. There's this duny like desert. Like it's actually where they filmed um, in Star Wars the planet Tatooine. You know where mm-hmm. they filmed. That's where they filmed the original Star Wars scene. Um, you in know Death with Valley. Luke um, in in Death Valley. Um, and then, and then there's, you know, so you can go on these wonderful hikes. The challenge of going for the hikes in, in Death Valley is because it's in the desert. Um, it's not like when you go on a hike in New Hampshire and there's a trail with trees that are blazed. I mean, you, there's a lot of things that look like paths, mm-hmm. uh, and they're not that well waymarked. So it's a bit easy to get lost <laughs> if you're that's, going for a trail that's run. That's not what you want. But you don't, you know, and, it, and it, you know, you also have to be a bit attentive at the t- time of year. I mean, if, if you if you go in anywhere from you know, May through September, it's going to be 100 degrees plus. Right. So you've got to be prepared for that. But, you know, running um, these saltwater flats is a, is a unique experience. And it's the lowest point, right, it, in the U.S.? It's the lowest point in the United States below or, sea level. or maybe even in the Americas. Mm-hmm. It's like 200 and change below, feet below sea level, something like that? Something like that. I think one of the other, like, the other like lowest point that's sort of a little bit like this is the Dead Sea in Israel. But yes. they don't have a similar, like, Place where you could run like almost like at at that below sea they level. Don't, they don't drain the Dead Sea, so you could run. <laughs> no, they no make something. And they actually have a huge uh, 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 salinization plant where they're actually doing something with all that salt water. Right. right. Yeah. I have a question. Desalinization. Am I allowed to do a question, Brian? You may have a question now, Peter. So out of uh, and again, we'll list. Uh, we'll put both of these lists uh, linked on our on our notes uh, and on our page on the website, but. Out of all of these, is there one that you've personally done where you're like, yeah, I did it. I have no need to ever do it again. But you're glad you did it to say you did it. But honestly, it wasn't what you would want to repeat on. Oh, that's an, that's an interesting question. Um, yeah, there's a couple. Um, in Iceland, yes. um, you know, they have these lava fields uh, that, uh, that are, again, like firm black rock. Um, that that you can walk on or run on, and it's it's uh, it's challenging just because of the the footing and the surface. You have to be a bit careful, and it's also again very open and exposed. So there was one time I did it, and, and we were there, and it was in you know there it was in June. It was sort of their version of summer, but it was like one of those days where it was like. 38 and the wind was howling and it was misting and it was sort of foggy so you can imagine like unbelievable bleakness mm-hmm. but it was still a cool thing to do but i wouldn't it's not something i would want to do you know oh hey it's like running along the thames river in london that's so beautiful no it's, it's right. a thing to have done once okay <laughs> well conversely is there one that you've done that you would do a hundred times that you couldn't get enough of if you could if you had access to it all the time not necessarily among the unique ones, but I, you know, I, one of the things I, in, in, in Europe, you know, running in, in many of the European cities is just so pleasant. There's almost always a beautiful run along a river with these fantastic bridges and sites on either side and these preserved old towns. That's always mm-hmm. an incredible pleasure. You can name 
15 European cities mm-hmm. sure, where that's sure. the case. Um, and then uh, just, you know, s- several beautiful, you know, oceanfront or waterfront promenades like that are, you know, set on cliffs that are, you know, these that, that have good shoulders and great views, you know, mountains on one side, ocean on the other, you know, historic town below. There's a number of those in Europe. Yeah. Obviously, they sort of choose like a type of run mm-hmm. that's, you know, breathtaking almost every time. Yeah. Um, then, then some of those are definitely on the list. There's several like in southern France that are wonderful. Um, in, in Italy, you know, the waterfront run in Barcelona is, is beautiful. You yeah, mentioned talk Barcelona a, talk earlier. Talk about that. I'm, I may have a uh, opportunity to go to Barcelona in the not too distant future. Talk about that run a little bit. Barcelona is a really good running city. Um, they have this very long, um, pretty long waterfront route. Uh, which, which has great great views of the water and it's also just very it's one of these it's very festive there's a lot of mm-hmm. other people along it you know cycling and walking and you know rollerblading and all those sorts of things so it's always sort of a bit of a festive party scene as well as a lovely place to go for um, a run um, and it's very close to some of you know you sort of dip you know half a kilometer away from the waterfront and then there's these other interesting um, parts of Barcelona that are interesting to see some small parks and things like that so so that's a really nice one um, in in Barcelona the other thing about Barcelona that's interesting is that um, you know the city was built sort of on a wide scale so they have lovely wide tree-lined streets several mm-hmm. of them that sort of run they're sort of they don't run it's not like a grid system but they run sort of in along diagonals okay but they're very long and many of them have like these in the middle they have these paths that for for pedestrians so they have you know they're sort of busy street, like traffic on either side but a path through the middle that's tree shaded and it's sort oh, of like a multi-use great. like a bike path sort of thing but they're lovely for running and you can go you can go straight for a while because one of the things about some european cities particularly old historic sections of european cities it's we find it a challenge to provide routes in some of those areas because they're like twisty, narrow streets that go yeah. on for a few hundred yards and you have to turn. So when you, when you give somebody directions for a route that says, okay, you know, turn, you know, right here and then go, you know, 400 feet and turn left there, that's it's confusing. Right. So Barcelona is a good city for that, to be able to do nice, long, continual, continuous um, running along streets. Have you found, um, I, I, I know certainly when I travel that sometimes you say, oh yeah, this is a running city or, or because you know there's runners around you or, or there's good, easy opportunities to find places that are good to run and others where you, know, um, you might get some weird looks or like, what is this person doing running here? Um, where have you found to be uh, a place that really has a great running culture? Great running culture. Well, uh, Japanese cities mm-hmm. have a have a great running culture. There's a big running culture in Japan. I didn't realize this as much until I traveled to a couple of those cities. Um, and they're not all necessarily fabulous for running. Like Tokyo is not great. You really have, there's a couple of great spots, but you really have to find your spots. Not like one of those cities where you just jump out your door no matter where you're staying and you can you know go running. Um, but you know Kyoto is is really lovely. It's a lovely city to visit. It's also great for running. Um, so. Uh, we, we enjoy that city so uh, that city has a great running culture I think you know more and more so um, European cities uh, mm-hmm. have have a growing running culture uh, like like Paris like didn't used to and in the last 10 or 15 years it's, it's the running scene has been burgeoning there and they've actually built more and more um, facilities 
forerunners. And one of the things that we've we've discovered in the research for all of, all of the cities that we that we cover is that there's a running culture just about everywhere. Um, okay. And like I'll give you an example: um, Cairo in Egypt. Um, that would have been ten years ago. One of those cities that if you were running in Cairo you would have gotten sort of weird looks like no like sure. sort of nobody nobody did this um and it is still one of those cities you have to find certain spots but there's this one i forget the name of the organization but there's this one it's actually an individual you know people sort of like you guys who uh are running enthusiasts um who uh pulls together um a running group once a week um in some you know attractive part of cairo for running and he doesn't get like like here, like running groups on an average, like Wednesday night, you know, Nike Run Club or something, mm-hmm. you'll get, you know, 10 or 20 people, like a couple of thousand people what? show up for this running group Where do they every go? week. It's sort of be- become like a huge thing wow. in Cairo. And do they go around the city, through the city? or Because it's, it's very congested. There. It's very congested. There's a certain like park like area mm-hmm. it's not a long run but that the, they go and it's almost like a, a sort of a festive you know party sort of thing wow that's awesome um and uh so you know and in some of the cities uh in the middle east it's it's still a bit unique for women to go running sure, sure. uh but it's now becoming more accepted and there also is certain running clothing mm-hmm. that is now made for women in those cities where they still have certain you know pretty strict codes around yes covering up and so on yes i don't know the right exact way to put it but uh but it's making it possible for more women to go running then there are some other cities there's a handful of cities where running is just really really difficult because you know the weather's terrible uh and it's so congested and there and it's not like you can just go walk out on you know, on a uh, on, uh, on a sidewalk, no, no matter where you're staying, and just think you can go running. Like I'd say, like Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam is one of the I would say in my top five like worst cities for running. Okay, it's just it's it's really hot year round, um, and the, the traffic and the air pollution is Brutal. terrible, yeah. mm-hmm. and there just aren't good. There's just not a good infrastructure at all for pedestrians. So okay. there are a couple of spots, and yet it's it's a giant tourist destination. Uh, well, yeah. Vietnam in general. Yeah, yeah. Saigon, interesting. Saigon yeah. is a better city than Ho Chi Minh City okay. uh, for for running. Uh, ironically, um, you know, some of the cities in India are challenging for running. In yeah. fact, in India, they have uh, designated run parks. Uh, mm. Which are sort of glorified tracks, but they're not tracks like you would find in a like a stadium here. But they're like dirt, okay, you know, running trails that go for one or two kilometers around a park, basically. Yeah. And you you pay an attendant, you know, you go and you pay, and they're open certain hours. You pay an attendant, like you know, the equivalent of a dime or something mm-hmm. like that, and you go in, and it's actually called the jogging jogging okay. park. Um, they have this in, in a few in a few cities in India. I have, I have a question about one of the 25 great runs around the world um, from thegreatruns.com, mm-hmm. and that is in Abu Dhabi, um, where they open a, a racetrack, like an F1 car racetrack. Yeah. And once a week, they open it up for On running. Tuesday nights. That's, That's awesome. tremendous. That's because awesome. I, I would think maybe once a year they would do that, but for every week, they must... That That's really... There's got to be a need um, for running, and I assume they do it at night. Yeah, and they so get hot. a lot of people. That's great. Well, and it's also it's. Um, yeah, I think it's 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 just it's a bit of a it's a bit of a festive scene, and and it's interesting because 
Abu Dhabi actually has some very nice running spots. Actually, there's some, and it's all sort of been man-made, artificially mm -hmm. created, like most of the, the, the oh, city. Oh, so it's not like this place is the only place people could go. No, no. It's just an interesting There's, there's place a very, very nice uh, couple of um, routes right along the water there. Um, they call them uh, cor uh, corniches um, that are that are very nice for running in, in Abu Dhabi. But this is just an, another place that they that they open. I think it's one of the it's one of the things they're trying to do to encourage um, walking and running. It, but they get a lot of walkers there as well. Okay. Uh, to go, but then they also have sort of a designated area for people who uh, who like to run. And we should say, and we've said it before when you were a previous guest, that a lot of your runs that you have marked across the world they're not just for running they can also be for walking absolutely and many of them are for biking as well is that right yeah um not 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 as much for more um serious cyclists who like to go on a 20 mile but they're they're, they're they are really good for walking I, we think that a lot of people use our site for walking one of the things we do try to do as, as much as we can is for certain particularly for certain trails or paths we'll say okay well here's a three mile loop here's a five mile loop so right. we try to do it for so with with walkers in, wa in mind, mind yeah, and, and, yeah. and with runners who like to do different distances uh, in mind and we are very careful in the research that we do to make sure that whatever if it's not like a, a dedicated path if it's a road that um, it's got a good shoulder or a sidewalk or if it doesn't we make sure to point it out say this is really beautiful but it can get trafficy so go early and run opposite traffic that sort of thing yeah that's one of the things I really appreciate about your um about your site and the write-ups is that all the write-ups are done by somebody who's actually run them and and really know them and that right the the intriguing part especially on the unique part might be fairly short you know it might be like a 5k or even right. 3k but then you offer alternatives to expand that for a much longer run if you yeah. want to go further yeah i love it yeah. it's so great yeah. and there's some fun discoveries we're actually this is a new one that we added to our unique list just in the last week in bologna italy which is actually a great running city I didn't know this about Bologna. I've never been there, um, but this was in doing some research and talking with one of the local running clubs. Uh, they have a history of have they have these arcades, which are these covered porticos um, that there are thirty eight kilometers of them in Whoa. Bologna. So like a, a covered portico, and there's this one that you can run on for for uh, about five kilometers, all the way up to a, a famous church. But it's so it's a covered walkway. Are you running for up five kilometers? Steps, or you're, or you're running some up? of it is on steps. Some of it is a path. Uh, it's got sixty-six sort of distinct arches along the way, or something, oh, or maybe it's that sounds maybe really two hundred and sixty-six cool. distinct arch, arches along the way. It must be beautiful. Yeah. But, but here's my question: When you're doing that, are there a sort of? I imagine there's tourists. There's people walking of all varying abilities. Is that where you're the? you're the jerk who's running we've all been that person or is it sort person. of an <laughs> or, or is it sort of an accepted thing i mean if you've ever tried to run on the high line in new york city don't yeah. ever do that don't do i that. thought there was a rule against it there actually. is yeah, but no, no. invariably when i'm on it some some idiot in shorts is me, trying was, to get their morning me. run in and I it's wasn't like there there's five thousand people on the high line give me a break what are you trying to do so is that the case, or is it more accepted that, or, or is it just sort of thinly attended so you can definitely run on it? Yeah, in that so, particular so, one. So that one, it's uh, 
it gets a little more thinly uh, attended the further you go, you go along it mm-hmm. um, toward, toward the church. And then, some, for, but for some of those, particularly ones that are in heavily touristed areas, like even like along the Sater in Venice and that sort of thing, which is beautiful, but there's like throngs of people, will say something like, you know, go early. Right. Um, okay. You know, so so some of those, and it's also just a treat as a runner to not be, because it's yeah, yes, it's it's a bit annoying for pedestrians and maybe inappropriate, like we're talking about the mm-hmm. High Line, but it's also a bit frustrating for runners who, of you know, if they want to do any sort of speed or anything like that. Uh, so some of them will put this designation, you know, make sure you go early. Do Do you mind, Peter, if I ask a question not about one of these great runs? I want you to. Okay. Uh, Having just put that thought in my own head of the High Line, I was recently in New York, um, and I didn't run on the High Line, but I ran down the west side um, where there's this now continuous um, separate running and bike paths. Yeah, um, it's fantastic. Have you been on that? Yes, it's great. Fant- and, and it actually gets better and better all the time. Yeah, they, yeah, they continue it. Um, it. It keeps going further and further north, and it goes all the way down to the to the Battery. And Peter, the thought I had is it's getting easier and easier now to run the perimeter of the island of Manhattan. Yes. It is. Um, now, the east side apparently still has a lot of challenges, but have you done that, or do you know anybody who's run around the perimeter of Manhattan? I don't know if anybody's run along the perimeter, but you can do a, a pretty long, yeah. like probably 10 or 12-mile continuous run, starting like all the way at the George Washington Bridge, okay. and all the way to Lower Manhattan and the Battery, and then you can run around the end. And then and then start on the east side. Okay. And keep going, and, and then, then you get to the Brooklyn Bridge, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and then you can keep going from there. Though after the Brooklyn Bridge, uh, there are a couple of break points. Sure. You can still run on the road. <laughs> yeah, but you can get to the. But if you want to get, if you come in on like Second Avenue, you could run up Second Avenue or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, like yeah. Like around you're, you're, the UN, there's a break point. Yeah, okay. exactly. And then once past that, around Williamsburg Bridge, or so you can go up. You can go pretty far but along the FDR. You know, you're not on yeah. the FDR, but you're closer yep. to the river. Yeah. yeah. And it's a pretty clear stretch up to... And then I think there's some... The Queensboro Bridge, for sure. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a bit of a mess maybe in the Upper East Side, too. Mm. I'm not sure. You can get some... There are places where you can do it for longer than you think. Okay. But to your point, you do have to sort of duck in sometimes. Yeah, there's a couple of break points. And the funny thing, the interesting about, because you were talking about New York, and now they have these separated walking bike paths on the west side. It seems like every time I go to New York, I'm there like maybe two or three times a year. And I try to, you know, because everybody has Central Park, but it's nice now that there's options in addition to Central Park. Yeah. Because often you're not necessarily staying that near Central Park. Yeah. that it seems that every time I go, there's there's some improvement mm-hmm. to yeah. mm-hmm. either the west side or the east side path. Okay, uh, they're just they're always doing little yep. work on it, uh, and, which is great. And yeah. I would encourage people in Manhattan to go over into Brooklyn because yes. the seaside facing Manhattan in Brooklyn that's amazing. fantastic. It's D- fantastic. Dumbo area and around. Yeah, that, yeah. they've really put some uh, yeah. effort and thought and money into that. It's gorgeous. Okay, yeah. so I'm gonna say this: if you started either here, you could go either way. If you started in Brooklyn, cross the Brooklyn Bridge, which is just amazing. amazing. I love the Brooklyn Bridge. And then you ran around the bottom of Manhattan, yep. ran up the west side to the George Washington Bridge. I don't know how far that would be. Maybe 15, 12, 10, 12, 12 miles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're approaching half marathon. That would be a great oh. that would be a great run. That would be a great run. And the other cool <laughs> thing about a city like New York for that, and there's like there's like this in some other cities, is because the transport's good, you can do a one way run. And, so, and then yeah. hop on the metro and be back in, 15, in 10 or 15 minutes. That's right. Like where you started or to some right. central spot. I, I which think is sort of cool. I think it's the subway. 
<laughs> we should start calling it the Metro, though. Let's call it the Metro. Well, we call it the T. They, we do call in it Boston. The here in, in Boston. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everywhere else around the world, they call it the Metro. We but, can't uh, be bothered with anything more than one letter. <laughs> uh, T. Well, in some European cities, you know, when they talk about it's subways, it's not worth more than one letter. Subways here in are not the metro. Subways are these underground passages that you, they, you use to cross busy streets. Have you seen some of those oh, in Europe? No. So let's just say there's a hugely busy intersection, like like Kenmore Square, mm-hmm, right, yeah. where the crossing the street is actually, you know, it's like eight lanes of traffic coming from five different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually have these pedestrian. You go down these stairs, and there's a pedestrian underpath. Sure. That you, and then you emerge on the other side of the street, and they call it a subway. Like in London, they have m- many of these. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, we're weird. We put a train in ours. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Mark, you're always uh, jetting off to somewhere else. What's the next destination for you? For a run, I mean. Uh, well, I'm, um, I was just in the British Columbia, sort of Vancouver area, uh, which was great. Got to do a couple of nice runs there, up in actually in Whistler, where I was skiing, mm-hmm. but it was also nice for running. I uh, did, a, did a nice nice run in Vancouver as well. Um, I'm going to be in uh, exciting Dallas for work, so I Very will exciting. try to do a run there. There's one, one or two good runs downtown. Plenty of flat, wide open sidewalks yes, in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's a nice path downtown called the Katy Trail, which is very popular. But, you know, Dallas is not one of my favorite cities for running, but... Uh, if you have time in Dallas, you try to get to White Rock Lake, which is the iconic spot to go running, prettiest spot. And this time um, of year, the temperature's got to be pretty good. It's not bad. You know, it, it, it can get cool, but it's typically 50s or 60s, so it's good. It's not going to be good. like you know running in Boston in mm-hmm. January. Although it wasn't so cold in January, it was actually not a bad running month. You know, today's colder uh, than all of January. Yeah, would yeah. have been a good year to train for Boston, Peter. Ooh. I was yeah, putting that out yeah. there. I'm going to be in Denver that area and Denver's a good good running city mm-hmm. they've got some you good okay stuff with downtown. the altitude or does it take you a day or two oh I, I find the first couple of times oh, you know, yeah. like, no matter how good shape you're in you just really feel it yeah yeah, 5K feels like a 50 mile. I bet. No, I bet. <laughs> it's like you're out there and you're out there to go skiing sometimes, right? Because I'm, I'm a skier. So you go out to ski and like the like going from like where you're staying, like the th- if you have to go up five steps to get to the lift, you're like, <laughs> how am I going to get down? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's really those first few days in the altitude. But it is interesting how you, know, you st- quickly you sort of get accustomed to it. I mean, the body I'm does. I'm to uh, Boulder actually this oh. uh, spring. And I'm actually going out a day or two ahead of what I need to be there for, just for that. Will that is that all it will take? Is about a day or so? To no, no, to? it's no. A, it's a few days. But like you can see the every day, it gets a little you better. Can see it, yeah. Make sure you drink a lot of water. Yes, and don't drink too much alcohol. Right, oh, that's alcohol good. will kill you. What about okay. coffee, caffeine, is that bad? Well, you, get, you got to stay hydrated though. Just okay. You got to stay. How you get headaches? Uh, if you run and exercise a lot and don't drink enough, you'll, it's like guaranteed headache. And Peter, if you're in Boulder, you can go uh, and run the flat Tiron Mountains. I mean oh, the Flatirons. Your Flatirons. Flat yeah, your Flatirons. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you can I'll go endless there. trails there. And we have a unique one of our unique runs in Boulder. Uh, is that. the longest? I think what is it? The longest. Or the, the steepest maintained road in the United States. Oh, it goes up to like Nederland yes, or something it's, like it's, that? Yes, it, it climbs uh, over 13 miles. It climbs 3,500 feet. So if you're acclimatized to the altitude, that's a... That's a oh, <laughs> oh, I think that's the way to get acclimatized, Peter. I'm going to try Day one, it. off the plane. Just go right to it. it. Don't yeah. drink anything on the plane right either. <laughs> just go real just bone co- dry. Just coffee. Yep. I'm not even going to moisturize. I'm just going to go see how it... Oh, and that's I, another thing. Yeah, don't get hospital. sunburned when you're there. Yeah. 
Okay. Wait, when are you doing this? In the summer? It's actually, uh, I want to say it's the first week of June. Oh, perfect. That's a nice time of year to be in Boulder. Boulder's it's a good running city. And there's a very pleasant run sort of like through the heart of the city that goes like through the University yeah. of mm-hmm. Colorado, which is a really pretty campus. Um, that's yeah. another one of our fun categories. Like we had this unique run we also have a category called universities so like what are some of the most pretty university campuses for running um and there are some that are just absolutely spectacular sure you know, too bad there aren't any around this area oh here in the boston yeah area. we're not a really big school town or anything. <laughs> no. well northeastern's not a great university campus for running but wellesley college is uh sure, is. Oh, sure. that's that's I've a, gone that's through a it. beautiful one at least twice that's probably the top it'll be my top one in uh in Massachusetts, oh, all right. would be well. The you know the Wellesley College has got a pond. There's a three mile path around Lake Wabin um, at Wellesley College, and and it's an arboretum. The whole yeah, it's the whole college is an arboretum. It's amazing. Yeah, really, really pretty. Um, so yeah, a lot of universities because they have lots of paths and lots you know. of money for trees <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, endowments yeah. for trees. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, before you go, uh, you have a little mini sort of idea announcement thing you want to sort of throw out there. Yes, yes. Um, I'm not sure it'll get become as big as Millinocket, but you know. Uh, <laughs> well, what will? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, really. Um, but this should be something that's fun. So, you know, runners love challenges, and you know, there's there's lots of road races and 10Ks every weekend. And we wanted to do something that was create something that was a little bit different, but hewing to what Great Runs is all about, which caters to the needs of people who like to run when they travel. Um, so we are calling it the Great Runs Challenge. And what it is, it's going to be a competition where people tally the number of different sort of unique places that they run over the over a certain period of time so we're doing it in three month periods so aligned by seasons so starting march 21st there's going to be a spring cohort then a summer cohort then fall then winter are you going to are there going to be specific runs for each quarter or you can pick you can pick it's basically any place that you travel that's one of the cities that we cover okay uh, you know, so we have hundreds of cities, maybe even thousands now, um, and, and tens of thousands of routes. You basically have to just choose one of our routes in, in a city. And we're sort of keeping track of how many different routes you do over the mm-hmm. course of that period of time. And then also how many different cities that you do. So, so the idea is, okay, you know, over the course of this three month period, I ran, you know, I did, uh, you know, 25 different great runs oh runs in, you know, eight different cities. And we're going to have um, all sorts of fun prizes and rewards for people who hit either certain milestones. Like I ran in five cities mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, past uh, in, in this in this cohort. Or we're going to have some fun like leaderboards. Who has run the most number of different cities over these three months? You can It's like a Strava-like leaderboard. This is made for George yeah. Woodward. I mean, yeah. I, I hope you're listening, George. Yeah, I think b- between George Woodward and Mike Wardian, they, they might have the top there. They'll probably be in the top <laughs> Yeah, Because you need a frequent flyer. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, if you're in... If you're in Europe, in some some parts of Europe, you can get to many, many cities and many countries fairly easily. Yeah. Um, but as things get more spread out, um, yeah, you'll need to be moving yeah. around. Yeah, we're gonna have certain like categories, like who who's run the most most number of cities in you know North America or in I Europe or in Asia or globally. This is tremendous. And uh, so it it should be fun. It's gonna be called the Great Runs Challenge. It should be up on our site for people to register. You'll register for it as if you're registering it 
as, as if you're registering for a road race. It's sort of like along those lines, but then there'll be this sort of tracker that every time you do one of these routes, you just have to quickly enter where it was, what the route was, and um, how many miles you did. And the, what, to, to qualify, has to be a minimum of three miles. Okay. Along and the route. You mentioned prizes. Walking or running, doesn't matter. You mentioned prizes, but is there any kind of fee uh, entry point on this? It's uh, going to be a $50 entry fee, as sort of as if you were registering for a road race. But that keep, that covers you the 90 costs. days, though. You're in for 90 days on that. Is that right? Uh, that'll actually cover you for uh, a year, but we're going to oh. have three year, three month periods, and then you'll know, have to sort of re up if you want to continue this over the course of a year. So it's a one time entry fee, good for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, at the 91st day, when the when the new cohort, cohort starts, does all my uh, my previous miles won't count, right? I got to start again. Well, we're going to start again for that quarter, but we're also going to have a way for it will also you'll also be able to track how many you've done okay. in that year. Okay. I, I imagine some fierce competition. This is going to be intense because this is going to be a group of people who are really. Well, really I don't think you know runners aren't really interested in keeping track of what they've done or numbers or <laughs> bragging rights oh. or they're not competitive really. They're not competitive sort, and I don't even see. Uh, I don't. I, there's no interest in this. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is going to be a huge yeah, success. Oh we, we hope. Ground it's going to be floor, something unique, like just something a bit different for runners. Uh, and, you know, people can walk it as well. So uh, oh, it's just a way great. of getting you know, out and, and seeing something People went crazy different. over Strava because, like, the hill in their town became a segment. And right. they and four other people <laughs> right. would try to beat each other uh, running up and down a yeah. stupid hill in their town. This is like yeah. you, you know how I could always tell a million. You know how I could always tell a Strava user when I get <laughs> response on my site? So... You know, the way we, you know, we map out our routes, right? Sure, and we'll say, sure. you know, this route, you know, this loop is 3.6 miles. The notes I get will be from a Strava user. You know, it's not 3.6 miles. It's 3.62. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but at least if they look at Strava, they ran it faster than they really did. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's true. I love it. This is a great idea, and uh, I can't wait to see this. You're saying March, it really will turn on March 21? Is that what we're coming March up March 21st is going to be launch day. Well, we start to promote it. You can register before that, but day one is the first day of spring, March 21st. We're going to have this fun like track. We're going to have this fun leaderboard. We can see like the total number of different cities oh, that all of our so registrants awesome. have run. That's so awesome. Uh, so, and yeah, hopefully we'll have a chance to talk about it again. What site do you go to? Uh, well, it's going to be from the Great Run site, and it'll be a little icon that says uh, Great Runs Challenge. What's that URL? It's just greatruns.com? Greatruns.com. Love and it. is it going to be a mobile app too or is it only through the website? Um, it's on the web oh, on the website but it works well on a mobile device. Oh, okay. The tracker, you can do the whole thing gotcha, on gotcha. a mobile device um, as well. This is so exciting. Mark, thanks again for coming out to us and uh, we hope to have you back again and um, enjoy your next great run. Thank you. Actually, wait, before you go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. What'd you do today for the streak, or has it not happened yet? The streak has not happened yet. I'm hoping to squeeze in. Uh, I'm going to see a play this afternoon. I've got my niece visiting, and so between now and then, I'm hoping to do a quick a quick little run. I'm even wearing my running clothes. Well, All have right. a good run today. Thank you. Future tense. Thank you. And we'll see you soon. Great to be here. Thank you. Great runs. Peter, I'm not sure I travel enough to participate in the great runs, but... Uh, it is tempting. I I you love that challenge. And I think in a any given 90-day period, you end up going more places than you think. Really? Yes. Well, and the thing is that you can do multiple runs in a city. So, you know, Mark yeah. was saying that one of those um, really great running cities probably has a half a dozen routes. And you That's could just right. tick all of those off. So you can just handle it. You can do all of Wayland's routes. <laughs> 
<laughs> you might be able to do like a Wellesley. Go, go all the way out to Acton. Yeah, you probably, I can probably take care of Brookline, Newton, yeah. uh, some of Boston. How about other odd Massachusetts names like Uxbridge? Where? <laughs> Where? Right. Uh, Athole. Uh, why, why do I, we don't, we don't work blue. No, that's the don't, name of the town. No, don't, don't swear on the, on the podcast. And don't be from Athol. Hey. hey. Ooh, a little, little hiccup there at the end. I like that. A little uptick. Whoop. This has been episode 185 of How Was Your Run Today with Brian Gould and Peter Villa. Music by Jeff Cronenberg. Anna Brooks is our social media guru. Andrea Bonnie-Gould is our artist in residence. Huge thank you to Mr. Mark Lowenstein of GreatRuns.com and special guest phone appearance by View From My Runs, Lori Richmond. Peter, you got that all in. That wasn't easy. <laughs> only took 15 <laughs> takes. Hey, if you want to know anything about those folks, those links, those websites, those activities, or anything about this show, or you want to watch Run Millinocket, I mean, it did win an, an Emmy after all. It did win a New England Regional Emmy. Come on over to hwyrt.com or howwasyourruntoday.com, where you can also, if you love this show, you can donate. That's a new feature. Click, you, you made that happen. Click that donate button up on the top and, and help us out a little bit. You can also join us virtually every Saturday with your SatStat chat. Uh, come to any social media except TikTok. So you can come to Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, or You're Twitter. TikTok, I feel and it. I'm not anti. Come I just on. really don't understand it. I'm not too and sure what it you is. Can, Tell us where you ran, how your run was, what the weather was like, anything else you want to talk about, especially if you're from South Africa. We have a South Africa group coming in on, on uh, SatStat Chat. They hit it's hard on great. Twitter today. It was yeah, pretty I love awesome. It. And please include a sweet, sweet photo. They did in South Africa. Yeah. Thank you. Brian, uh, the run has not happened yet today. I hope to get one in later. A little teaser for the next show. I'm about yes. to go meet with someone this afternoon, and I'm going to have a big announcement next week. Uh, Right. Peter? Yeah, are you tantalized? I know you are. Are you pregnant? The rabbit died. <laughs> no. I'm not eating any meat, so it's fine. Okay. The rabbit's still alive. So it's not that. It's okay, something on, something else it is as something exciting. Else. It, but it's, and it's running related, so it actually will matter. Okay. And uh, you're going to be excited by it, I think, in a way. As I, much as you can be, because nothing, <laughs> nothing even hits you. What? <laughs> Have a good run today, Brian. I am Spock. Listen, I'm not here to correct the great Mark Lowenstein. I mean, didn't, didn't they shoot a lot of Tatooine scenes in um, Africa and Morocco? In and Tunisia, like, yeah. actually. But anyway, I, I think what he meant was, yeah. and I'm not trying to correct Mark Lowenstein of Great Runs, I, they did some pickup shots, and they certainly did the sail barge sequence of Jabba in Return of the Jedi years later, but not the original Star Wars. The original trilogy, you could say. I love that you I'm, say the sail barge sequence. I know what you're talking about, and I'm sure one other person knows what you're talking about. The sail barge is called the Katana. And that's, that's when they... That's the ship name. That's when they take Luke and, and Chewie Han, and, and Han. And Chewie, yeah, and they're going to put him in the Sarlacc pit, yeah, on the, the skiff. The great Sarlacc. On the, yeah. And Boba Fett is uh, jettisoned off. Yeah, he has his really bad death that I can't... The true fans don't like that death and it he's really clearly, clearly he's not dead clearly he's not dead boba fett boba fett where where no my favorite thing is that we went to the movies 
and view from my run and we went to the phones all at once you've been thinking about this for a week it was this the audio sting turduncan that i wanted to do so bad i keep saying turduncan but it's turduncan but you know about my idea for the turduncan donut right that i want to go to duncan donuts and around right around halloween just after starting november one for like 30 days i want the turduncan donut and a turduncan donut is a donut that inside has another donut, but inside that has a munchkin. But how do you put a donut in a donut? You just gotta layer it right. So like on the outside, it's apple cider donut, and on the inside, it's maybe like a pumpkin spice. What do you mean by inside? So you're talking about a donut without a hole that then has a donut with a hole, which then has a munchkin in the middle. That's correct. Because if you're saying you have two traditional no, no, donuts you're right. with you're holes in right. it, no, you're absolutely how do you right. put them inside no, of no, each other? No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Right. Or you're going to do some kind of like... Giant crawler. Like a sandwich. Like a Dunkin' sandwich. But a turduncan... I don't know how they're not using the words turduncan' right. donut. Like, that's amazing. Right. Well, they're not even using Dunkin' Donuts anymore. They're just going they're just dunk. Dunkin'. So they're probably not used... They don't care about donuts. By the they're time that this actually goes through yeah. um, development, yeah. they're not even going to be called Dunkin' anymore. There's going to be duh. Duh. America runs on duh. I can't believe you watch Casablanca multiple times a year. Four to five times a year. That's really strange to me. It's a great movie. Hey, Mark. 